Yo, sponsoring us today are All Seeing Surveillance. All Seeing Surveillance thrive on the thrill of running covert investigations, and nothing is more satisfying to them than getting the evidence required by their clients. For many years, a private investigation has been out of reach to most individuals due to large companies charging grossly inflated rates to cover their large profit margins. All Seeing Surveillance mission is to make the surveillance industry more accessible to both individuals and businesses. Their founder, David, set out to do just that in early 2014. With 10 years experience in the surveillance and reconnaissance industry and a passion for technology, his vision came to life with his large network of specialist ex-military and ex-forces surveillance contacts across the UK. All Seeing Surveillance is a business that recognises the importance of building a strong team and keeping profit margins modest, ensuring both satisfied clients and a motivated team of operatives. They pride themselves on honesty. They'll absolutely never take on a new client without a thorough consultation, ensuring there are appropriate grounds for any investigation to proceed. A proud member of the Association of British Investigators, they are a recognised body of investigators, and always and only work within the parameters of the law. Always on top of technology, all scene surveillance are equipped both with the state-of-the-art technology and seasoned knowledge of the industry, empowering their teams to carry out successful covert investigations. You can find out more about All Scene Surveillance at allseeingsurveillance.com. Check them out. Also sponsors today are Westway Nissan. Westway Nissan are the UK's largest Nissan dealer group. With Westway Nissan, because they've got some exclusive deals with uh, with Nissan themselves. There are certain features of certain models you can only get with Westway. You can't get at any other dealership. They've got uh, dealerships all over the UK. They're huge supporters of the military. You can actually, if you're a service person or uh, ex-services, you can get up to a 20% discount off with them. Uh, so, yeah, you want to go and buy a car with them if you're ex-military. In fact, buy a car with them if you're not ex-military because they support you. And uh, they've actually got a deal on at the minute. And the deal is uh, up to 20%. 27% off certain models. You can get up to £650 deposit contribution, two years servicing and roadside assistance with 11.9% APR representative, which is a humongous. They've actually got a, a used car event going on at the moment, and at the moment being... Ooh, this has been recorded on the 17th of October. It goes on until the 30th of October. Uh, they've got over 1,500 used Nissans in stock for you to cherry-pick from. Like I said, you can get up to a £650 deposit contribution during this event, 12 months manufacturer approved warranty, two years servicing and roadside assistance, and you get obsessive checks on that used Nissan by Nissan trained technicians before you take it away. You can get cash guys, you can get pulsars, you can get X-trails, you can get jukes, micras, even notes. They've got them all. You can go uh, find details on the used car event at westwaynissan.co.uk. They're also on Instagram. They're also on Twitter. They're also on Facebook. Westway Nissan. Don't forget as well, as I say every time with Westway Nissan, if you're a service leaver or think about getting out, they are really keen to help you guys and girls find employment. All right. So get on a Westway Nissan. They badger me all the time. They want you to go knock on their door and say, Oi, give us a job, or give us help, and they will help you out. Westwinnissand.co.uk. Also sponsoring us are 
Rugby for Heroes. Rugby for Heroes is a not-for-profit organization founded by a group of keen rugby players designed to host various fundraising events to raise money for a range of armed forces charities, including 353, Healthy Heroes, the Royal British Legion and the Soldiers Charity. Since forming in 2009 to commemorate the loss in action of Private Joe Whitaker, who was a four-para lad, they have raised over £100,000 for their benefit charities. The founders are members of the old Lemontonians RFC and are massive supporters of forces and their families. Check them out on their website, rugbyforheroes.org, rugbyforheroes.org, and their Facebook, Twitter and Insta feeds, which is a bit shorter. For their uh, Facebook, Twitter and Insta, you can go to rugby number four heroes. The next major event is the Rugby for Heroes Beer and Gin Festival, which will be held at the old Lemontonians RFC uh on the weekend of the 10th and 11th of May 2019. Stick that in your calendar early, get it booked out and get along. Cracking, cracking events. They really happen to be sponsors of the podcast and I'm really happy that they are sponsors of the podcast. It's part of them continuing their programme of support for veterans, serving members and their families. Thank you to Rugby for Heroes. Make sure you go give them a like and a share. On to the podcast today. My guest is a a formidable, I will use the word formidable lady called Billiana. Uh, Serbian in origin, living in the UK, uh, married to, um, an, a good friend of mine. In fact, they're both good friends. Married to a good friend of mine who I serve with. Uh, B was involved, being involved in a terrorist attack in Kunduz province in Afghanistan in 2010, uh, in which a couple of people lost their lives. Um, B was injured herself, was injured, and um, um, uh, we went discussed a whole load of things: Serbia, Kosovo, Afghan, mental health, life. We went through it all. Amazing woman, I really enjoyed talking to her. And um, that's it. H plus twenty seven, Are you ready to rock? You ready now? <laughs> Billiana. <laughs> My favourite douche of all time. <laughs> yes, I forgot. I was thinking I will tell you when I see you. Hey, douche. Douche. But I forgot. <laughs> douche. It means babe, right? Yeah. Babe well, it means... um. It better mean babe. I've been telling everyone the wrong thing for years. <laughs> okay, it, mean? it means babe, yeah. Babe. No, what does it mean really? <laughs> it's babe, it's yeah? a... Dusha is a soul in Serbian. So when you address soul. someone... Yeah, soul. Yeah. Like, you know, when you address someone with Dusha, it's you're my soul. Ah, but it's what you guys... You told me babe back in the day. Well, yeah, it's babe or, or honey. Like when you... The same kind of thing. Dar- yeah. Oh, even the Darling, same affection to it. It would, yeah. Got yeah. So we use it for the same thing. Yeah. Um, I will believe what you say because you're probably the brainiest woman I've ever met. No, Congratulations. Uh, oh, thank you. It's so do you sweet. Want co- do you want some of this coffee? Yes, please. Of course I do. I can't see you. Put it right in front of the microphone. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, but Baz keeps it in the freezer. Rightly uh-huh. or wrongly. Every day we learn something uh, new. Every day we learn something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, cheers. Coffee cheers. cheers. 
tell me this. How old we are? Oh, hang on. Oh, no. You never ask about our age. Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I don't approximately, care. Approximately, around what ballpark uh, <laughs> time of your life were you? When, um, when the Serbian stuff kicked off. Which um, I have no, which I am completely ignorant to, right? So my, my immersion into the <clears throat> Serbian, I, when I think of the Serbian, Serbia, Kosovo, that, all that stuff, and that's my, oh, Agnes, all that stuff, I think of a, I think of you two going to do a gig there at some point, didn't I? And I think I read a book called, I think it was called War Dogs or Dogs of War, but a bunch of mercenaries mm-hmm. out there. A, a, a British be. guy wrote it. How old are you when all that kicked off? When did it all kick off? In fact, don't tell me. Yeah, when did it all kick off? Uh, it started in, well, the war officially started in uh, Christmas, December 1990, I think. So it was in Croatia. Well, there was a, a, a 10-day war in Slovenia, and yeah. then it moved to Croatia, and uh, that happened... Can they war in Slovenia? Yes. And that's when Slovenia, after that war, uh, the, the Yugoslav forces pulled out of Slovenia and Slovenia proclaimed independence. Um, Why were the Yugoslavs in Slovenia? It was because Slovenia was part of Yugoslavia. Okay. Um, and then... Um, was Slovenia a province then? It was a republic. We called them republics. It was six republics, which are now six countries. All part of Yugoslavia? Yes. Yeah. Um, so all of them are independent countries and two of them are part of you. So Slovenia and Croatia are part of you. Oh. And then we had Bosnia, Serbia, Montenegro and Macedonia. And Serbia had two provinces, Vojvodina in the north, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and Kosovo in the south. That is also, depending who you talk to, oh, yes. independent or I, not. I remember this from when we went out. To, oh, we've been doing twice, haven't I? We went out to Serbia to see you guys when you yeah. were living out there. Yeah. The Kosovo, the Kosovo got explained to me. I didn't understand it then either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Flipping neck. But it, Kosovo still proclaims independence and Serbia, Serbia basically regards it as part of Kosovo. Is it a bit like, is that right? And is that a bit like Taiwan and China? Yes. Or Northern Ireland. Or Northern Ireland and Ireland. Yes. 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 I see. Yeah. But younger, obviously. Younger. Yes. Yeah. So Kosovo proclaimed independence in 2008, but it's not recognized by all the, not even by all European members, European Union members. How do the EU recognize it then? Different countries recognized independence of Kosovo and some didn't. For example, Spain hasn't. What's the, Um, within Kosovo, what's the, What's the kind of uh, split between the people who consider themselves Serbians and the people who consider themselves Kosovans? The vast majority of population of Kosovo is Albanian. Uh, about 90%, I think, I would say. Albanian? Albanians. Kosovo Albanians. Or Kosovars. Maybe. This is, yeah, I remember now why you get confused. It's very complex. So Kosovars um, would be Kosovo Albanians. And men, majority of them always lived there. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2008, when Kosovo proclaimed after the bombing that was in 99, that lasted for almost three months, 80 days, um, the whole, the whole Serbia, sorry, was, was bombed by uh, NATO. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
the the force the uh, NATO forces went in in June two thousand nineteen ninety nine. My friends went there. I, I was too young. To, I was too young to realize at the time. I, yes, because I joined up in two thousand. And same with same with Dave. I joined in two thousand, and there were friends who went and deployed out there for that. Yes. And I met, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, I met two, two of my colleagues were, two of my, yeah, security team members were uh, in Kosovo in 1999, yeah, 2000, 2001. Uh, uh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, so why, why did the b
to stop all that. And then in 99, it started. And I think it was 23rd of March when the bombing started. And actually, they hit my hometown first, which was in the far north of the country. So I wasn't very happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> what were the targets? What kind of, ta- what kind of targets were they going for? Well, the targets were, they discussed the, the international community and the leaders of the free world, uh, discussed targets. Um, and basically they were military and infrastructure, but there were some civilian targets as well, like market, um, a green market that happened in the South niche. What do you mean green market? Uh, it was like a farmer's market. Uh, Yeah. And it was Saturday. Why would you bomb a farmer's market? Yeah, it was a mistake. Collateral damage. Chinese embassy. Was collateral damage as well in the middle of Belgrade. Yeah. It was hospital in Belgrade, um, maternity hospital. It was, um, obviously headquarters, the uh, military headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a TV station, the headquarters of the uh, national TV station, um, radio and television station of Serbia. Then there were civilians that were killed. Bridges, um, well, infrastructure, roads, power plants, things like that. I can't imagine that. <clears throat> right, right, yeah, wrongly, I don't, right, yeah, wrongly, that, that happened. Well, you know, I say wrongly, some of those things. I can't imagine uh, that those kind of targets being gotten away with these days. With, uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with social media and... Uh, and, and the communication they got now, um, those, those uh, discussions would be interesting. We were no. discussing the targets, wouldn't it? I wonder if, uh, I wonder if those kind of situations that where you've got an extremely complex conflict or set of conflicts going on. In fact, I'd say that that's pretty unique. That area is pretty unique even today. What, what went on? I wonder if that, uh, it, decisions at the, at the very top of, the world order, if you like, you know, NATO, EU, when they're making that, they think, well, we can't work it out, but it needs to be resolved. Which, how, what's the easiest, quickest way to resolve it? Who's the most vulnerable? Yeah. Ah, Slobodan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you haven't got a clue what's going on, but the quickest well, way to resolve it is yeah. going to try and work you. I don't know, because how do you work it out? You can't work it out, can you? Yeah, it's, I don't know how it, it's, it's, I think it's quite complex because, from this perspective, to me, it just looks like he was pissing them off because he just wouldn't give in. And, you know, he had his reasons, whether we agree with them or not. He, the reasons were there. Well, what, was he, what was Slobodan Milosevic trying to achieve? What did he want? Well, he didn't want he didn't want to. For example, one of the things, uh, the one of the ultimatum, the, the conditions of ultimatum that was given to him before um before the bombing started was that foreign troops would have free passage through the whole territory of Serbia and with immunity. He didn't want to give that in, which is, which I think is fair enough. So what, 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 just to have, what foreign, would he get in return? Well, we don't know what he would get in return. We wouldn't be bombed. In return. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so again, one of the things that he did, for example, was organize a referendum. Uh, and obviously everybody said no to that. 
<laughs> so, but but I would say, you know, if we went back, I would again say no to that. Because you can't just have foreign troops just entering your country with immunity. And, you know, I'm not saying that they would do anything bad, but it just cannot happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why sovereignty is there. And that's why, you Common know, sense says a negative. No, yeah, sorry, it's not yeah, right. just, just not right. So, he, for example, he didn't want to do that. Um and then, obviously, to pull out the troops from um, Kosovo and stop all atrocities. Um, he didn't want to do that because he was protecting, as a leader, he was adamant that he's protecting his ter- population. Ter- yeah, yeah ter- and yeah. territory of Syria. So, that, you know, that was another thing. So, when he didn't, when none of that happened... Um, the order was given and activated, and that's how we ended up with being bombed for eighty days. What um what was the oppression going on? What how they, how was it manifesting? Well, there was civilians, um, like police, because there was a lot of police. Uh, there regular tr- police force and uh, reserve police force. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also regular army out there, but the regular army was not just sent out there um just like that. Like the situation escalated. Um and there was a lot of attack on attacks going on by Kosovo Liberation Army on Serbian uh, government structures, including forces. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it was nineteen ninety seven when the when it was the the attack, I think it was four police Serbian police officers killed in a patrol when the Kosovo Liberation Army took responsibility for the first time officially for the attack. Um, and that's when that was like a clear go ahead for, for Slobodan Milosevic and for Serbian forces to have like the proper enemy and, you know, start fighting. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of really bad things, uh, happening. Atrocities, civilians, uh, villages burned down, houses. Um, why did the why did why do <clears throat> I expect a lot of do? Why do the Kosovans um, claim independence from Serbia? What's the background? Well, they were saying that they uh, they didn't have, for like, for example, um, free use of their language or going to school and learning in their own language. Which is Albania. Um, they well, was, Albania is a different country, right? Yes, Albania is a different country. Yeah, it's a neighboring country uh, down south uh, to Serbia, Montenegro, and did, um, did, did Albania Macedonia. exist before Serbia? Well, yeah, Albania was always there, yeah. uh, but it was never part of Yugoslavia, which was one of the things that a lot of people come to think for some reason. Okay. Uh, so how did Kosovo was, come to exist? Kosovo was, Kosovo was always there. Yeah. Uh, and it has been part of Serbia for centuries. Part of Serbian territory. But it was just like a, you know, it was movement. There was a lot of movement going on. Like there was a lot of immigration happening between the countries, right? And they were close and they just lived there. There was Serbs also there. So it was part of Serbia for literally centuries. But, but, um, obviously I'm, not obviously, what the fuck am I saying? Obviously, well, there's a, there's, I'm, I'm guessing then it was a, but because 
the majority of Kosovo then were of Albanian heritage <coughs> and Syrians are not. You had cultural, religious yes. and religious differences. Differences, yes. Which is the crux of it. So you've got a you've got um one culture you got one set of people, Serbians, trying to govern a bunch of different set. Yeah. This is I'm I'm inquiring you because yeah. this is reminding me of some other places. Yeah. And one of them, when uh, when you mentioned the Kosovo Liberation Army, there, I think, well, they would have obviously seen as a terrorist. And yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, by um, Serbs and to even I, today. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the score is yeah. in the way, but <clears throat> I my my view on organisations like that and I, IRA as well, for example, and fucking hell. Bear in mind, next force. Just uh, the yeah, original, well, yeah. the, the start, the original, like, <clears throat> like the, the 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 roots of the IRA as an example, um, and uh, Palestine, Hamas as an example, right? I, I feel quite strongly about the Israel-Palestine thing, and um, and because of that, I've been able to put myself in the shoes of a Palestinian. And I don't look, look when it comes to Northern Ireland, when it comes to Kosovo, I, I don't know what I, I don't know. I don't, mm. well, Northern Ireland is a different kind of fish, right? But uh, Kosovo, Serbia, I don't know. But what I have been able to do, I think, is over the years, uh, I, I immerse myself in Palestine, Israel history and all that and try to get a handle on it uh, because I couldn't understand what was going on. I just didn't know. I thought, well, I, I you know, trying to get a handle on that. And one of the things I, 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 I came to real, I came to, um, sort of, um, imagine being, I, I likened it, I'll explain this to Pat, I likened it to, I'm Welsh, okay, and, uh, imagine being, this is from the Palestine, mm-hmm. Israel perspective, and I don't know everything, so my opinion is probably fucking bollocks, okay, but imagine being, um, a, a Welshman, and, fuck her right off of the beaten path here, and, England, say, um, we're going to have a slice more of Wales mm-hmm. thanks. I think I'll have 20 more miles of Wales thanks <coughs> and they go in because they're stronger and they take 20 miles more into the border and take 20 miles of Wales. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, the fucking phone, sunshine. I don't think it's so. Right. This yeah. can happen. And you put your hand up. You go, <laughs> this is the Israel Palestine thing. And for like Kosovans, it's the, uh-uh, yeah. we're not the same as them. We are, uh-uh. Yeah. And, and you put your hand up and you waving your hands about, you know, as a country and you're going, no, they can't do this. You can't do this. Stop yeah. what you're doing. This is, you can't just take our land. We've been here for flipping years and years and yeah. years. You yeah. can't have it. You can't yeah. have it. And no one listens. Yes. And no one listens. No one fucking listens. Mm-hmm. And you keep trying and mm-hmm. you keep trying, waving your hands about you, you know, as a, as a country, as a, or as a people, you know, as a people, this is wrong. We're getting, I don't know, oppressed, for example. I'm not saying the Serbs are right, the Kosovo's <laughs> are right. I'm not saying the Palestinians are right, this yeah, is right. Yeah. But when you're in that position of a smaller, <clears throat> smaller entity and you believe something so fucking mm. strongly and no one is listening, the world is not listening to your opinion, what are your options? So let's go back. I'm that Welsh, I'm that Welsh person. Yeah. The Welshman yeah. living in Wales and 20 miles. And all of a sudden that 20 miles is gone. I'm on a farm in Wales and all of a sudden I'm, I'm run by England. What the fuck? Mm. You don't even speak my language. You know, yeah. you don't even, what, yeah. what do you mean you don't fuck sheep? Joking. <laughs> <laughs> joking. <laughs> joking. What do you mean you don't like Welsh cakes? Right. You know, 
What do I do? No one's listening. What do I do? Do you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm going to... The last resort is resort to violence. I want my I want my farm back. Mm. I want to be Welsh again. I want you start resorting to violence, and you just yeah. keep going for for whatever reason. So like when you say that a KLA and like and like the roots of the IRA before the IRA became a fucking drug dealing with this that and the other, you know, and and the and the motives became different. It became money. <clears throat> I can understand how that comes about. I can understand it and those how complex those issues are. Yeah. Especially when it's a smaller entity. I mean, um. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. hideous. It's hideous. Yeah, if you but, don't. Yeah. But then on the on the on the side of the world order, how do you work it out? There's too yeah. many. There's too many factors, isn't there? It's, you can't. Well, I can see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's different for you because you were there. I'd not be yeah. there. You, but yeah. you see, I think I honestly think that there's the practicing force or showing force. I think there's that there are different ways than invading countries and bombing, you know, air raids. Maybe maybe it was the same thing. You know, they were trying to tell them and nothing was happening. And what do they do when someone doesn't respond? But because I think international community has so much power economically and politically, I think there are different ways than force. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, and I was part, like, I worked in Afghanistan, so I was part of that aftermath. You know, after after the force comes in, like you go in there and try to reconstruct and all that. But but I do believe that you know, if somebody <clears throat> would say, "Well, wait a minute, this is not working," or "Let's try with." pumping the money into it and whatever, trying to rebuild the economy. I think that would work. Now, I get it that there are reasons not to do that uh, and that probably whatever the the motives are, uh, there are, that's why the wars are happening and the invasions are happening. But, uh, you know, I, I honestly think that there was a different way. For example, if we're talking about bombing of Serbia in 99, there was a different way. They're not fixable. I don't think they're fixable, these issues. I don't think they're no, fixable. No, no. Uh, like, uh, no, you're right. There's the, the, maybe other options to try first. Sanctions and all that. Yeah. yeah. Like China, sanctions were happening. Yeah. yeah, but the sanctions don't really but, but work. Again, yeah. But even still, they're not fixable. It's not, it's, they're not fixable. It's like the, 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 the fix should be preemptive and not allowing that fucking crap to happen. But how do yeah. you do that? So, um, like the Kosovo Serbia thing is, would, is it fixed now? It's not fixed now, is it? Uh-huh. No, exactly. It's far from it. Ireland and Northern Ireland is yeah. not fixed now. No. Palestine, Israel is not fixed There's now. There's no war going on, but it is still a cold conflict. You know, it's a, it's a cold war. Um, you know, it's micro cold wars. It's not. There's no, it's peace in the sense that there's a lack of fighting. There's no fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, so the forts, there's no, there's peacekeeping mission and, um, whatever international development but it's there's no fighting but there's no people don't live together you know mm-hmm. it's not happening but it's no conflicts it's sort of fixed <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that the thing yeah. <laughs> is that the, is it, the bombing fixed it me <laughs> no i mean well you know it's why well, i saying it's not fixable and that because you, you you can't please everyone you're not going to be able to, so no. you could imagine, imagine, uh, imagine Slobodan 
went, all right, yeah, before you bomb me, I will stop this and stop mm-hmm. pressing. And Kosovo, you can be your own entity. No. Piss a load of Serbs off. And yeah, it's just, it and then yeah. there's another war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's something else, you know, it's like, uh, it's like the Palestine, it's like the, oh, I got, there you go, Palestine, Israel. Here you go. I mean, unfixable. <laughs> it's <clears throat> fucked. Unfixable. Because you can't now give the land back to Palestine because it's been, um, it's been colonized. Uh, the settlements have been made mm-hmm. by Israel on, on the Palestine. Yeah. You can't give it back because as wrong as you may think Israel were an R for taking that land, there are families and there are families living in that land now. You can't just go, oh, you fuck off back to Israel because he did, all this family displacing is yeah. wrong on the lower end of the scale. Like on the greater end of the scale, you, okay, it's great. You know, we fixed it all because on, on the sort of governmental level, it's, you're not allowed to do that now and, and, and yeah. that country's got the land back to the borders that they had. But you just fucked a lot of families over. Yeah. You know, you, it's irreversible. It's just screwed. It's just screwed. Yeah. There's no way, you know, yeah. it's almost like you've got to call a statement and go like, stop what you're doing. It is what it is now. Stop squabbling. Palestine, you keep yeah. what it is. Israel, you keep what it is. Um, Kosovo, I mean, is that where Kosovo and, and Serbia it's, is now? Um, it's very, well, you have, it would be the same thing. You know, there's a lot of families that are displaced. Is that, am I, is in, that a wrong comparison I'm making? Well, no, not really. Not really. I mean, there, there's a, Serbia is claiming the territory yeah. and Albanians are claiming the territory because they've lived there and Serbs live there. And there was a huge, famous Kosovo battle in, um, what was it? 1485. And, uh, that Serbs lost and that's 1485. how, yeah, that's when Ottoman Empire moved in, mm-hmm. you know, and we were under Turks for 600 years almost. Um, so th- that's the thing, you know, that there, there's always, there's always migration happening and families live there and some families have lived there for centuries, you know, generations and generations. So now after this conflict, we had again, people being displaced from, you know, their homes that they lived in for centuries. Um, and some other families moved in. So then how, yeah, how do you fix that? Like, you know, you can't say, well, okay, now we stop and take it from here. Well, from where? You know, and then again, you have to rebuild. You have to teach. It's like erasing people's memories and minds and whatever they learned to, in order to teach them to think differently or feel differently or, you know, have different memories. And that's... That's not happening. So, you know, it's educating on what do we do? How do we deal with this? People deal with different things in mm. different ways. With hatred, mm. with, you know, with violence, with forgiveness. You know, it's... <clears throat> yeah, I suppose at a baseline, it's, uh, you know, people get pissed off with other people because they don't like the, that they're different. Yeah. Except, because of something that they, yeah. Because of something that they were told, you know, the stories that were, they were told when they were kids, mm-hmm. good or bad, but that's what people live with, you know, mm-hmm. and they, these are the sentiments and memories that they have. So. Mm. What was it like growing up in that environment? Uh, well, until I was 14, it was a really good life. You know, we went, 
on holidays. We went to seaside, to mountains for skiing and winter holidays. And, you know, it was really good until whatever I was 13 or 14. And then when the war started, everything stopped. Like everything stopped, including the salaries of my parents. Um, oh, really? yeah, because the economic crisis hit in hard. Um, it started, economic crisis started before that also in the eighties, but, um, but it was when the war started, obviously all the resources were uh, redirected towards, um, funding the military. Did school in that carry on or not? Yeah, we went to school because Serb, the Serbian territory, um, there was not war going on in Serbia, Serbia proper, they call it, and okay. apart from, um, uh, how do you, how do you call that? Um, troubles. As you, troubles, you, troubles in Northern troubles, Ireland. Yeah. So there were troubles in Kosovo <laughs> until the war broke out in, yeah. uh, in late nineties. But, um, um, in Serbia, the war wasn't happening, but it was in Bosnia and Croatia and, uh, 10 day war in Slovenia. So we went to school. I went to school the whole time. Mm. Uh, there was no heating. There was no public transport. Um, how far was your school away? Uh, well, my, my primary school was quite close to where I lived, maybe a five minute walk, but my high school, um, it was about, I don't know, maybe from where I lived about seven, eight, I don't know, maybe 10 kilometers, which is, I don't know what, six, six seven miles. miles. How, yeah. did you, how did you get there? Well, there were times like in camel. the day, yeah, there were times in the day, like, you know, rush hour. So yeah. when people go to work and when school and work starts, so there was, um, public transport from, I don't know, six in the morning until eight oh, in the morning. So, yeah. The, the uh, rush hour. Yeah, yeah, rush hour. So, and then there was, uh, tr- public transport between 12 and three, uh, because the working hours were different than, than they are now. And then, in the evening from six to whatever, nine in the evening. So the public transport just peel back. So you just put it at critical times. Yeah. Yeah. And then in between, there's no public transport. So you walk everywhere. If you're lucky to have a car, you can drive, but I wasn't. So, (laughs) or my parents were. Is that time of all that war? Is that, is that the reason why the, uh, is that the reason why the food's so salty to preserve it? I I remember reading somewhere because when we, when we went over there, God, the food's nice, but it's so fucking salty. And I was, I, I can't remember reading up on it. And the salt preserves, <laughs> preserves the food for longer, doesn't it? Well, I, might have, I might have read it in the book somewhere. But, <laughs> but you that. know, you probably tried a prosciutto, which is, we are very proud of our prosciutto. And, um, What's the prosciutto? Prosciutto, it's like a smoked, uh, meat, smoked pork. All, all of it was really salty. <laughs> all of it was smoked. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do eat a lot of we're salty food. Were you hmm? we rationed or anything? During the war? Mm, well, it was difficult. People, people were struggling. My family was struggling. My parents were really struggling. Yeah, but your mum's so, an amazing cook. She is, yeah. <laughs> she is, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, the, if you go to a shop, the, the stalls in the shop would be completely empty. Oh, really? Yeah. In the early 90s when the war was on. So there's a lot of your stuff imported then? Uh, no, it, there was not. Oh. I mean, if, for example, my grandparents on my mom's side lived uh, in a village close by, about 20 miles from, from my hometown. So they had chickens and, you know, pigs. And so we had meat and eggs and flour and things like that. But, you know, there was, a, I mean, it was just a lot of struggle for a lot of people economically mm. because inflation was high. 
Um, and it was changing at the end. It was literally every day. What, so the my mom, yeah, changing. yeah. So my mom would get a salary, for example, and um, if she doesn't go and buy whatever four eggs at that point, um, in in at the end of the day, she wouldn't be able to buy anything for that amount of Jesus money. Christ. It was terrible. Yeah, it was That's really, crazy. Yeah, I know. It was it was crazy. But no, we don't really know how. <laughs> You know how people survived, but people people do, as you know. People are resilient, aren't they? Yeah. Where did you um? When did you go to uni? When was your first? You got about fifty degrees. When was your first degree? Um, oh, I made that up. I well, imagine I start- you got fifty degrees. <laughs> no, <laughs> you I talk don't. Talk like it. <laughs> I I started uh, my university in ninety five. Yeah. Um, in Belgrade first, uh, and I was studying Latin and ancient Greek. Um, I never finished that, so I don't have that degree. Uh, but I really love that. Um, and I still read about it and I still collect a lot of books and I'm still thinking, you know, that Continue. maybe when I yeah, <laughs> retire, I'll have well, time Latin to... Latin <laughs> and ancient Greek comes in useful. It does come in <laughs> So, um, so yeah, that was my first one. And then I, um, in 99, after the bombing, um, finished when the UN... So you got to uni started. while the bombing was going on? Well, uh, yeah, I was I was at the university in ninety five, six, and seven, and then I was going back and forth, and I was only going there for my exams. I didn't really listen to the lectures, um, and then my partner at the time uh, started working for the UN mission in Bosnia, so I was, you know, I was online between uh, Belgrade and Banja Luka because he was stationed there in uh, my hometown. And then in 99, when the UN um, mission in Kosovo started, uh, I started working for the UN there in um, November. Did, did, did you not face any issues with being Serbian? Yes, UN? I did. Uh, you mean in the United Nations when I started working? Well, because I suppose you were thought Serbia was seen as the pain in the ass. Yes. But you just bombed. <laughs> I was... Um, it was quite an interesting time because... The Serbian population in Kosovo was very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I came, and that was my first time coming to Kosovo. I've never been to Kosovo before that. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't know anyone. So I was on the bus and I, I arrived to Mitrovica, which is can the you, divided can, city. Can, sorry, can you tell, sorry to interrupt. Can you tell by looking at someone whether they're Kosovan or Serbian? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. Um, not every not, not time. Everyone. I mean, can you tell? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. You can tell. Not not every time, but you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell the difference. And uh, and what was I talking about? Are you on the bus? Yes, I was on the bus, and I I came to Mitrovica, and uh, it was quite interesting because Mitrovica is a divided city. Sorry, um, and it was it's divided between Serbian and Albanian, uh. and there's a river Iber that is dividing the, and there's a bridge that connects it, and it's a famous, world famous bridge. When you say that, Serbian and Albanian, you mean Serbian Kosovo? Yes, but okay. I mean Serbian and Albanian population. Okay, yeah, got you. Um, and uh, and I came there, and um, a lot of women and children were sent away. Uh, because obviously the war just ended and the forces pulled out, so people didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came there, it was all male. 
Like everywhere were just men. Um, and I had a contact. I, I had a little paper with a phone number of a person that I should call when I arrived to Madrid and they will help me. It was obviously a guy. So I called him and he took care of him and his family took care of me. So they gave me the, the accommodation and, and they helped me to find my job. I was, I stayed with them until I got a job. But Albania is not predominantly Muslim. Am I getting that wrong? Yes, it is. So the male thing would be a cultural thing anyway. Yeah, there, so. yes, but they, that but was the Serbian so. side. Oh, sorry, but sorry, Yes, sorry. it was the Serbian side, but because Serbian population didn't, didn't feel safe, because Serbian forces left, mm. um, obviously women and children were, there was not a lot of them mm. there because they were trying to protect them and send them away to, mainly to Serbia. So that was when you first got involved with the UN? Yes. Um you stay with the UN the whole time then? I stayed with the UN for four years. Um, I worked as an interpreter for four year, full four years. And then I started working for um, a local non-governmental organization that was dealing only with displaced people and refugees. Okay. Only that displaced people that were, that stayed in the north of Kosovo. Um, displaced mainly from the south part of Kosovo, um, and mainly Serbian. There were, there was a, there was some number of Croatian refugees as well, Serbian refugees from Croatia, from the war in, uh, in Croatia. And I did that for two years. Then I worked with a German organization trying to bring together, uh, non-governmental, local non-governmental organizations which were predominantly youth organizations, mm-hmm. uh, kind of bring them together and do s- uh, different projects. Um, again, together, so, you know, to t- kind of teach people that we can live together, that there's a way if we acknowledge um, uh, our versions of history yeah. and what happened. And then in 2008... In February, Kosovo proclaimed independence, and the same year in June, July, my contract with that German organization. In when? 2008? 2008, yeah. Uh, Kosovo proclaimed independence, and uh, and the situation re- deteriorated in Kosovo, and I didn't want to take B again in Kosovo at that time. Because 99 was quite hard, and I was there in 99, and I didn't want to go through that um, yeah. in 2008. So I didn't exp- extend my contract and I already had an idea that I want to go to international mission. So I took a break for about six months. Uh, in the meantime, I also, 2008, I completed my degree with London School of Economics, Politics and International Relations. And that was a good time for me as well to just kind of, you know, wrap up my experience with um with the degree and and see if we'll will we'll take me somewhere mm. else so i applied for a job in iraq and um afghanistan mm-hmm. and afghanistan worked out first what so was that's iraq how for? i it was like with the united nations office with the um the human, human rights human rights office i couldn't be interpreter uh because i was working in the un as an interpreter for only yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Serbian and uh, English, but I wanted to, I applied for a job in uh, human rights. Um, 
human rights office mm. and uh it, it just took them too long to i mean i, I got an offer from afghanistan it's not sooner. like iraq to take ages with stuff <laughs> oh right give me two seconds yeah but yes, well, too much coffee today it's a problem <laughs> let's have some more that's okay that's okay right. thank you Ready to rock, bud? We... Oh. Yeah, let me back on. Yeah, there. Sorry. Um, human Rights Office, Iraq. Yes. So what does the Human Rights Office do, though, with the UN? With the UN? Well, they, they investigate the... The crimes that were happening during the conflict. Ah, okay. Is that um, you, was it the same office when you went to Afghan? No, what? I actually I went to the dark side when I went to Afghan and I started <laughs> working for the company. Uh, so from non-governmental organization, I got a job actually in Afghanistan with a small U.S.-based company. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Ah, okay, right. Okay, yeah. but it was but the company was. It was PRT, wasn't it? Provincial Reconstruction? Uh, they were actually, they were doing uh, projects in mainly agriculture um, and animal husbandry, something like that. Um, I think that's what it's called. Um, so there were small projects and ma- most of them were based in the south and southeast of Afghanistan. But our office was in, in Kabul and uh I never actually went to the field with that organization, with that company. Um, I was with them for the first seven months in, in Afghanistan. And then I got a job offer for um, the biggest USAID contractor in Afghanistan, which was DAI. Right. So I it was again I remember company. DAI now. I remember yes. DAI. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think, yeah. You, you, because listen, listen, going, you fucking do know, you fucking do know here. I told you, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. yeah. <laughs> shocking, yeah. shocking. Yeah. All right, yeah. Um, which brings me on to what interests me. Uh, I, I don't mean, I, I don't mean any in the bad way. Um, what I find, and it's up to you if you want to. If you want to go in, if you want to explain anything about it, right? But you, off the back of that contract, you were involved and your husband were involved in, uh, a terrorist attack. Yeah. Um, a significant one. And what, going to use the word fascinated me it's the wrong word uh what i what i have thought about a lot since then so it was 2009 that happened right uh 2010 2010 sorry sorry yeah sorry what i thought a lot about since then is that um how what it's like uh, you being you and being and and uh, so you right. I I I'll, I'll you and you had your now husband. You didn't know each other before that contract. So no. 
So I just, I just want to put it in context for people listening who don't know you okay. and don't know Dave. So, and you met each other on there and <clears throat> was, um, part of your security DL looking after you guys, don't we did? Off the, off the back of that, in the aftermath, mm-hmm. you, you guys are now married, right? Um, in love and married and you live together, obviously. Now, what I, what I, what I, what I have thought, what I've thought about a lot is Is it, does it make it more difficult from a, a mental perspective? M- mental health. Okay. Uh, in coming to terms or dealing with or, or moving, moving on. We'll say moving mm-hmm. on. Moving mm-hmm. forward. Or just not even moving forward. Cause moving forward, it, 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 moving, moving forward insinuates that you were behind. No, yeah. In carrying on then and carry on. Mm-hmm. Does it make it more difficult in, being, being around, being, being <clears throat> together like that with, uh, uh, it, it being sort of the, the main, the most positive and most negative thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's ever, that, of your life. And I would argue life, and I may be completely wrong, B, and correct me if I am, was 2010, that incident. The most positive and most negative. Because, Obviously, Sean went, other people died or yeah. got injured, but you and got each other. I, 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 um, I, I think a lot about the way other people deal with trauma, mm-hmm. um, and, and people, different people <clears throat> deal with it different ways. I've said a million times, as you know, uh, and I know people that the worst thing in their life could be to, can, to be around me all the time or mm-hmm. around someone else all the time that they experience those things with mm-hmm. because they just need to get away from it. I don't know. I, I, does it make it harder or does it make it easier or is it just one of those things you think, fuck it, it's got to crack on with it? I think, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, there's partly, yeah, if I could all crack on with it. Uh, but for, I found it easier because I don't have to explain myself with mm. you know i have my as you probably do as people who do experience any kind of trauma we have our bad days and i don't if it was someone if i was with someone who didn't experience that or even the same line of work where we get close to people who do experience similar things i think it would be very difficult for me to explain myself all the time because i do suffer with um it's ptsd but it's what that is actually you know you say it's ptsd but it being snappy it's having your dark times it having your nightmares it's not sleeping or sleeping or be you know so we all have our own um struggles but i think i find it easier that i have with me because i don't have to explain myself so he recognizes that when i lose it when i get snappy when i get angry then i can just 
okay, tell him, take over and go for a walk or for a drive or just sit in the dark kitchen, <clears throat> you know, for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour or as long as it takes. And he won't ask any questions or he won't answer. So what's going on? You know, tell me what you're thinking. I don't want that at that time. You know, when I'm, when I have my episodes, I want to be left alone and it helps me because the knows that he should leave me alone, you know, and I find that easier. But at the same time, I think it, having said that, I think partners who don't experience that, but have a partner, you know, who went through something similar as David and I did, or, or you guys face with a lot of stuff in the, in forces. I think it's a very difficult because we all tend to think that it's about us. You know, when, when people go, want to be silent, don't want to talk. We always tend to think that. What have I done wrong? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's very difficult for partners who have partners with PTSD to deal with that. You know, I, I recognize that struggle and I can't imagine how difficult it is actually, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Did, um, Did you, with that, with those, you talk about symptoms like the snappiness and the sleep and stuff like that. When, when that stuff was happening early on, did, did you recognize that it was, that it was, did you, did you recognize that there had been a fundamental change in you, you, the way that you, you you mentally your mental health or did or did um you know did you think you know I might have an issue here and this could be lasting and it's because of this shit just happened or did you think um uh I'm just yeah you know, all right I'm just a bit I feel a bit shit and but it'll pass mm-hmm. it'll pass yeah you know, I'm a bit snappy because it'll pass or yeah did you even recognise that or, or not because uh, the reason the reason I'm saying is is that um I, I'm gonna I will I will broaden it to mental health and I, I because I, I'll use that term because I don't want to keep going saying PTSD because mm-hmm. the mental health is a broader yeah. thing and that's yeah. not the thing you know PTSD is fucking PTSD it's yeah. but it's other thing but um it's in recognizing that uh, there's an issue is what people fail to do early on um. I, I don't know. Did you, what, how did you, what was it like soon, soon after? Cause I, you, when, when you came to stay with me, that was what, six months, nine months after? Yeah, that was, well, I came to England in November 2010. The attack happened in July and I came to England in November without planning to stay, but I stayed. <laughs> uh, so that was what, five or six months? Yeah. Was it straight to? No, it was, um. As then? Um, well, yeah, I was in um, apartment. Yeah, I was in Colchester, but that's when we met. Yeah, because yeah. you were on your leave. Um, oh, I yeah. think, yeah. 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 Um, so, how soon after did you recognise? Was it? Was it? You know, because you're a strong woman, and especially with your 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 background, your childhood, and your yeah. adolescence, and well, 
I think growing up in fucking Serbia. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's yeah. that, you, you, you yeah. can have that, I'm, you know, I'll get through this, yeah. and, da, 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 and you can't fix everything yourself kind of thing. But was there a, re- a realization early on with mental health? How was it? How was it? What was the journey like? You know, I, what is um, it like? I should say, you know, the first time I experienced, um, flashbacks was actually in 2006 in Germany. I was, I went to, um, for uh, for some training, five month long training in Germany, with the German organization that I started, that I signed a contract then, and uh, um, I was there for a full five months, and I was taken out of context. So at that point in 2006, I was almost seven years living in a post conflict zone, conflict, but officially post conflict zone, right? And when you're in that every single day, like it becomes part of your life, right? So you don't really see that as an issue. You just deal with it. You crack on. Um, and then I was taken out of context in 2006 and taken to a completely different, peaceful, quiet environment. So we were coming back uh, one evening from dinner, um, my my colleagues from the, uh, from the course and, and myself, and we heard a, a, a siren, like a um, ambulance, oh, really? oh. or yeah, it, it was actually yeah, it was aerial siren. Um, I think there was a, a fire or something like that going on. And I heard that, and that was to me that sounded just like the siren before the air raids start. Right. Yeah. And I stopped in the middle of the street. That was the first time I experienced. It was the first flashback that I ever had in my life. And I didn't know what, what, what is happening to me. So I just stopped. I stopped breathing. You know, and I, and I, the next, I expected to hear, uh, fighters, like Planes. airplanes. Yeah. Um, and one of my colleagues stopped and said, right. Okay. You need help. You know, like this is flashback. This is what is happening to you. Um, so when, when that happened, I learned, I, I spoke to, um, one of the, the doctors, um, consultants at the, at their training and she worked with me for about two or three months at that point until the, the end of the course. So she taught me some mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how to deal with these things. Like, you know, she worked with me on my fears and things like that. But then I went back again for another two or three years. I went to Afghanistan, which is, it was even a worst, um, war zone, uh, than, than Kosovo ever was. Um, and, uh, and Did you feel comfortable when you were there before? I have to, I had to learn new way of behaving like you know you, you have to as a woman there in Afghan yeah, yeah you have to learn to behave like you have to <laughs> learn to, to to wear headscarf and you know long sleeves and um, to cover yourself and things like that so I I did in a sense yeah I did feel uncomfortable but then only because it was completely unknown it was nothing that I ever experienced before no I meant did you I said um, did you feel comfortable in terms of um security f- you no know, did, did you feel 
almost like a sense of normality being in that volatile situation that you'd grown up in was was being in a in a peaceful place almost <laughs> not normal and uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. Just, uh, that's yeah. what i meant did you feel comfortable it, being in it was place? in a sense yeah because you you look when you live in a in a so at the point in 2008 when i left Kosovo, that was nine years of my professional life mm. in a in a war zone so and at that point i was clear in my mind that this is what that's the job that i want to do for the rest of my life i loved it it was very hard but it was also very rewarding and at that point i knew this is it and that's why i wanted to go abroad to work in a in a, in a different mission so when I came to Afghanistan, for me, that was a challenge. And I didn't know, I knew it at, before I went to Afghanistan, when I was going through the, the job interviews, I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't know how hard until I went there. Um, so it was a challenge. And I, I said to myself, okay, I'll try it for three months, see how it goes. If I can't do it, I, I, you know, I'll come back. I can always come back. Um, but I liked it. I liked the job. Um, it was dynamic. It was rewarding. It was, the team was fantastic. Um, and I decided to stay. So I did, I like it. I felt comfortable about the job that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I knew I'd, I want to help change. And then that attack happened. And it was the end of my life as I knew it until then. And I didn't know what was going on. Afterwards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know myself anymore. I didn't know what I'm going to do. What do you mean you didn't know yourself, B? It all changed for me. Like it all, everything that I ever believed in was ripped apart. Like what, why did this happen to me? You know, it was, um, it was just opposite of everything that I, like, you know, I was there to, to do good. Mm. Um, I was a good person. You are. A good you know, person. I am a good person. So, what the hell? You know, not that not that bad things don't happen to good people, but it's just like, how is this possible? Um, I never, <clears throat> I never thought that I would have, I would experience that responsibility of losing two lives because I felt I was a head of office. So to me. I was responsible and and clearly, I mean, you and I both know that that was not the case, mm-hmm. but that in my mind, and that was the longest struggle that I had guilt. Uh, mentally. Yes. Guilt. Uh, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't face uh, families of um, Sean and Reuven. I never went to their funerals. Because I just couldn't handle it. Ruben was German, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
it was just, you know, I didn't know what was happening, but I was, I have to say, I was lucky because my best friend, when I, when I was evacuated from, from Kabul and, um, when I was transported back, um, to Serbia for operations and, um, treatment, my best friend uh, waited for me with her husband who was the chief party or had a mission, um, of the company before the same company that I work with. They waited for me there. And the next day they took me for a therapy because my friend was adamant. She's like, you have to talk to someone and you are going to do it. And I don't want to hear about it. And I, at that point I was, I was, I didn't know whether I need therapy or not. I was just doing whatever people would tell me to do. I would just go and do it. In the days. Yeah. Just like that. I, the only thing that I knew, um, was when I came home, when I arrived home, which was about, I don't know, four or five or six days after the attack. I knew that once I crossed that door, which was my mom's apartment, that I will have to face myself. Because up until that point, I always had medical staff around me. I always had my, my colleagues who would never leave me on my own. Um, because I was, I didn't want to turn the lights off and, you know, so they were always there with me. It tackles at night, wasn't it? Starting yes. Night. It yeah. started 20 past three in the morning. Mm. Um, but I knew I was standing in front of my mom's door and I didn't want to really open it. I didn't want to knock on it because I knew that once I crossed that door and my friend who was waiting for me, my best friend who was waiting for me, then she leaves, I'll stay on my own. Mm. And I didn't want to do that. And I was really struggling because Serbia at that time also, there, there was no help. Like there was no, you know, Afghanistan wasn't really in the news. Not because nothing was happening there, just because nobody was interested. We had our own Anymore. shit to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and there was like, I, I didn't want to talk to people about it because I didn't want to answer any questions. And, and, and I knew like when, you know, people would want to know, but I didn't want to talk about it. But at the same time, I wanted to talk about it with someone who will not ask a lot of questions. Do you well, know what I mean? It goes back to, um, what I said about like, you and, 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 and knowing and having that connection. Yes. It's, a, it's like, a, you've made me realize something there. It's, and you, that thought, you're not alone with that. I think the same. And I, I'm, uh, Mm. I could, uh, could name you flipping hundreds of yeah, <laughs> colleagues yeah, and people yeah, yeah. I think the same. And I, I think it's down, it's because, because if someone asks you a question, they don't know, they, I, oh, you don't know. And they don't understand the context. Yes. They have no understanding. They don't. Yes. And it's, it's don't it's, really. Yeah. You haven't experienced it. So the worry is that I ask the question and I give the answer. Um, or you ask the question, you give the answer. The, maybe it's the worry that in giving the answer, they understand really the context, mm-hmm. the, everything that all of the, all of the background behind you giving the answer yes. to uh, maybe a simple question yes. to, to them. 
but for a lot of people and from and it was for myself and I don't know if it was for you but I wouldn't want to give an honest answer to someone yes. and have them feel any less of me and have they, because they don't understand where that answer's come yes. from you know um and it's context no yes. yeah I, I it's they don't have the context of it no it's a simple question them is not yeah. simple to me because there's a million different emotions going yes. behind the answer. Exactly. It could be yes or no answer. A million yeah. different. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> you make me understand you now. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Is it because I think I also, it, yes. Like if, if I spoke to a therapist, like they wouldn't know where I'm coming from, although they didn't experience it, but because of their professional training and knowledge, they will un- mm. understand. But if I talk to ordinary people, I don't want them to think lesser of me, but I don't want to feel more guilty before them because I already felt guilty, you know? So if I go through that again, if I go through the answer, whatever the question may be, simple or complicated, that answer goes back, relates to my guilt. And, and exacerbate it. Yes. When you're trying to. And I don't want. Fix yes. It. Yeah. Okay. You know, so it maybe yeah. 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 It, it made me feel worse and, and not just guilt, just everything like responsibility, shame, fear, you know, all these negative emotions that you, you feel like yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror. Because I couldn't look at myself. Because I felt responsible. Yeah, I can't imagine feeling like that. I That's, can't imagine feeling like it. Because it, to me, it was my fault. And that was it. Like, mm. that was the end of that. It was my fault. And I, I should, I, I, I wasn't suicidal, but I thought that I shouldn't have been there. Like, mm. in, in, I shouldn't have been alive in that sense. You know, how come I'm alive and they're not? And why? Like, what makes me that so freaking special when I'm not? Clearly, I'm not. You know, so how come I'm here and they're not? And it's not right. It's it's wrong. It's not that it's not right. It's wrong. You know, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't speak to my mom, for example. If people were around, like a lot of people would come. Like my friend was coming every day to to see me to have coffee with me, and she was actually the only one that I wouldn't say no to. It's about like I want, yes, yeah. I want, I wanted her to come and 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 spend time with me. Um, but but when people leave, that would be it. But my mom, my mom is now being a parent. <laughs> I I can't imagine. I can't imagine what she was going through, but I can't, I mean, I, I can understand fear and I can't be thinking of my kids now, as you know, you know, they're five and seven, like when they go to school, which is like a three minute drive from our house. Sometimes I'm nervous because you know, I can't even imagine how my mom felt when I told her I'm going to Afghanistan to work. You're go, You're going where? What? You know, but when I came back after the attack, she was really cool. What do you mean? In what way? 
She was She's just cool. respect. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> she was just respecting whatever I wanted to do. She didn't want to, she didn't bother me with questions. Like if, you know, she would say I would wake up in the morning at 4.30 and she would be straight away like, you know, just making sure that I'm okay. I'm going for a walk. Okay. Okay. That would be it. You know, I want to whatever I would um, go to the bathroom is in the bathroom for two hours. She would just leave me there. You know, she was really, she was really there for me. Mm. Sometimes the, um, is much more, uh, there's, there's much more benefit in, uh, in just being in the same room as someone who's going mm. through a lot of shit and not saying a fucking word. Yeah. Because it's the presence. Yeah. Because that is in, that indicates understanding on, even on the most basic level. Exactly. You might have never fucking clue what's going on. No, head, no. You know, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. You know, and as a parent, can you imagine you're a parent? So you know that you always want to help, right? Mm. You want to feel them, make them feel better, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, scratched knee or broken heart or terrorist attack, you know, but how do you do that? Mm. With scratch knee, it's easy. Put mm-hmm. a plaster on, but um, with broken heart or you know feeling of guilt or responsibility of that kind, you you can't put a plaster on it. It's mm. not that easy. No. Do um. Does it? Uh, do you, in sort of the progress with overcoming that, overcoming the mental impact of it, do you see it, does, does it seem to you like it's always a battle and the, uh, uh, you're always, it's always a battle in your head to, 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 to deal with those, the, the manifest, manifestation of, of, of this, of this, sorry, the symptoms of mm. whatever, you know, the causes. That's a daily battle and you just get better at fighting the battle. Or, or is, or does it seem like the impact and the symptoms get less over time? If, if you feel like you've progressed, you obviously have. I, I, you know, you, 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 you're not, I, I remember when, I remember when we first met and I didn't know you. Really, you know, mm, I, yeah. I knew really well. Um, but then when you were living, living with us, um, yeah, you know, I saw how much of a struggle it was for you. Mm. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, do you feel like you've progressed since then? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, like I have, um, but I think that progress is more about us learning to deal with what we went through and with ourselves. You know, like we find our own little ways of appeasing ourselves or... um For me, it was a lot, kids had a lot to do with it. 
my kids helped a lot because I could focus on them instead of like, don't get me wrong. I, I went through to the therapy. I, I had a therapy twice a week for almost full five years, mm-hmm. but, and that obviously helped me and I recommend it. Like whoever asks me, you know, should I, or shouldn't I, you should, um, because I, I really think that it helps. But on, besides that, because I couldn't go back to work, I didn't want to, and I couldn't, I needed something to focus on. And kids helped me with that, um, to keep my brain busy, um, but, but to keep myself physically busy as well. Um, I also started learning Spanish and French, for example, because I needed, you know, I needed that engagement, but I didn't mental engagement, but I didn't want to constantly think about what a shit person I am because I survived and I shouldn't have survived, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think it was repurposing myself, if that makes any sense. Like I couldn't, if you remember, I I mentioned that that job was what I decided to do for the rest of my life, but that job was gone. And me as that person, I was gone. So I needed to find a new purpose we we touched on, on uh, the, yes. show, yeah, yeah. but like, what is the the freaking point of all that? Um, but for me, it was my kids. You know, my my kids were the point, and maybe they were that good that came out of all that, mm-hmm. and they became my purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking about change of career, become a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Have kids. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, we did speak about it off, uh, before this. Um, yeah, that purpose is huge. Uh, I don't know what I, I'm going to do when they go to university or when they move out of the house. Well, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I was having this very same com- conversation <laughs> about two weeks ago and I was going through a fucking crisis. A mild, it wasn't, it wasn't mild to me. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, he was purpose and, you know, kids, kids came up. And my kids and my kids, you know, fucking pieces and my dad and, you know, and, uh, and, um, it's like, well, yeah, but, when they grow up, then what they do? <laughs> yeah. Well, then, yeah. they don't need me anymore. Obviously, that's not the case. You know, yeah. I hope my kids need me for as long, <laughs> for as long time, for I as know. long as they're alive. Yeah. They will. They always need yeah. you. You know, it doesn't matter how old they get. I still need my mum and dad. Uh, yeah. Um, but he, when <laughs> he, 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 I'm just that that removal of your purpose. I I can understand to some extent how how just that alone. Be yeah. fucking catastrophic. It's like you can see where, never mind the terrorist attack, take that away, right? Yeah. A person with a career in doing whatever they do and they're getting redundant, you yeah. know, and it's like, Jesus. Now what? Fuck. Yeah. 
and they go down the pan and people kill themselves for it yeah. because of that because yeah. they, well, what do I do now you know it's um, institutionalization you do yeah. a 24 year career in the army yeah. and you leave what the what's the yeah. point now or you can well you, oh you've done 30 years or you can retire now and chill out what, yeah. How do why I feel? Why, yeah. why am I here? I'm really laughing about yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's like, um. It's a serious thing, God yeah. God almighty, it's horrendous. It is just hideous. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, repurposing. How do you repurpose? Yeah, but like you said, you can't, you can't tell me. I mean, it's just, yeah, for, for me, it was, yeah. Although after the attack, immediately after the attack, I didn't want to have kids. Like, my idea was, I mean, I always wanted to have children, but I was at that point, I was 34. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I, I was single. So I was like, okay, maybe that never happens. But, uh, <laughs> but then, uh, you know, like, okay, here it is. So after the attack, I was like, I don't want to have kids because I, I felt really bad and I never wanted to have a child that would go through a terrible experience and feel like shit, like I was feeling, you know, but then obviously that changed, but they were my exit. Like they were my little oasis that saved me, you know, saved my sanity. Mm. And yeah, I mean, both of us and I, that really like kids focused, kids were our focus and, and that, and, and us. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I used to think, uh, I, I used to think it was, I, <clears throat> I used to think it was, it was the worst thing in the world when I used to think of you guys and I think about you a lot. I was, I don't, I'm a fucking asshole for not going to see you more often. Um, I used to, I used to think about it a lot, uh, I used to think it was the worst thing in the world. I thought, flipping heck. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they've both gone through that. And that's, that must, that must be the only thing, you know, that must be the only thing that they, that's, there's nothing outside of it. What, how mm. can they get away from that, that catastrophe? But then, and that was very limited thinking, don't be wrong. Very limited thinking. Uh, and, and, you know, I had not thought about it in any way in depth, but at the same time, uh, that, uh, that having someone so close to you understands it so intimately, mm. um, is, you know, you can't, you can't fault that. You know, it's, I'm trying to put it into words. It's, I understand, I it's, understand. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is I understand it now. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and people with partners like that, I'm very lucky to have a partner like that. Very, very lucky to have a partner like that, you know. Um, you know, you just shut the fuck up when <laughs> you shut the fuck up. It, it, I'm talking, you're talking. You know, and she's the same. It's like, you know. I, but it's, it's like, I understand, like, I understand we, we somehow look for an escape in our partner, right? Like, you know, you go to work all day long and you do whatever job you do. It, it, it can get a stressful. It can get stressful. So when you go home, you want, it's, it, your home is your little escape, right? So you don't want to be reminded of that shitty, stressful day that you had in the office or whatever work is. And you have your partner and together you have your own, you, you built something that will take you away 
from all the stress and kind of recuperate you. Mm. But, but I think that and I managed to build, like we, we are there for each other and we understand because what we went through is, is harrowing, but it's at the same time, we kind of build our own little thing that helped us escape it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and we're quite precious about it. Like we are, you know, we are very, we won't let anything touch that new, new build. You know, like we are very, we're very private. We don't let a lot of people in our house. Not because we're just very careful, like who's, you know, who's coming and who's going and what we. Why, why, why is that? I don't know. Like we are, because we, it was very hard. We went through a lot to rebuild ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, pick up the pieces and okay, make, yeah, rebuild ourselves and then bring kids into it. And, and we don't want it to be touched, like damaged in any way, which is also quite hard. Um, but, but I think so far so good, I think. No, yeah, I, 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 I can, yeah. I can understand where it's coming from. Yeah. 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 Why, uh, why would you want to risk compromising it? When the foundations are so fucking deep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We're going to start wrapping this up. Um, it's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock already. Is there anything, anyone, anything you need to, this is your, Shameless plug, if you have anything you want to say. Uh, anyone you mention or anything. I didn't have to. I just, uh, cool. No. Mm, no. 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 <laughs> no. Well, um, I want you to come back on again. Okay. Because other stuff we need to discuss. <laughs> which you touched on before the show. Like, we're going to persuade you to let me talk about it. No, I mean, in all seriousness, um, you are one of the most intelligent people I know. And, uh, you know, you, I mean, you, I love you guys very much. You know that and I'm a fucking arsehole for not getting more often. But <laughs> yes, you like, are. I've actually said it on one of the previous shows. I'm an arsehole. <laughs> I literally said, I said I've been a wanker to a couple of my friends. I said it on there. Let's <laughs> see. I, um, yeah, um, I wish, I wish you all the best, you know, for the future. And, uh, thank you. You've got it. You're an amazing family and you're one of the strongest, two of the strongest people I know. <laughs> thank you for your time. Thank you. Cool. That's it for today. Another shout out to our sponsors, All Scene Surveillance, a UK-based private investigation and surveillance firm with a wealth of experience, knowledge and technology at their fingertips. AllSceneSurveillance.com. Also, a Westway Nissan Dakota UK. They've got a used car event going on at the moment with loads of offers on. They've always got loads of offers on. Go and knock on Westway's door. They've always got loads of offers on. They're flipping, they're throwing money down the pan. You get cheap cars. 
cheap good cars. I don't mean cheap in quality. <laughs> I mean cheap in price. Westwaynissan.co.uk and Rugby for Heroes. Rugbyforheroes.org. Rugby number four heroes on Instagram and uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Organising events to raise money for various armed forces charities since 2009. Thank you to all the sponsors. Until the next time. Out.